One in five students are struggling with emotional issues, such as anxiety, depression, and chronic stress. And 80% of those students do not receive any support. Those statistics did not sit well with my guests on today's episode of Fund for Teachers, the podcast. In 2017, Lauren Greenspan and Julia Handelman were teaching in Columbus, Ohio, where they experienced students' social-emotional distress on a daily, hourly basis. In response, they founded Youth Yoga Project to be part of the solution that meets the emotional needs of K-12 students. Their solution remains rooted in teaching, but now Julia and Lauren teach teachers how to implement the research-based mindfulness curriculum that they created. Started by teachers, for teachers, the Youth Yoga Project has trained 1,700 educators and empowered 40,000 students with skills to calm their nervous systems and brains, allowing them to make responsible decisions. Welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and our goal with each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. This week, we visit with Lauren Greenspan and Julia Handelman, co-founders and directors of the Youth Yoga Project, based in Columbus, Ohio. Julia holds a Master's of Education from the Harvard School of Education in Language and Literacy, a Master's of Arts in Curriculum and Teaching from Teachers College at Columbia University, and a Bachelor of Arts from Oberlin College. Lauren is a licensed school counselor experienced working with children in elementary, middle, and high school settings. She earned her Master's in School Counseling from The Ohio State University. Together, Through the Youth Yoga Project, they empower school communities to be calm, focused, and joyful places to learn. But before that, together, they designed a 2017 Fund for Teachers Fellowship to complete the children's yoga course at Atma Darshan Yogashram in India and a week-long training at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. I was looking forward to connecting with Julia and Lauren at South by Southwest Education in Austin, where they were leading a session called Teaching Breath, a Powerful Tool for Success. Unfortunately, the coronavirus intervened, so we are connecting today in the cloud and hoping they will share some of their South by Southwest learning with us here instead. Julia and Lauren, welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. We have a lot of teachers who, when someone says you can go wherever you want, you can do whatever you want to do, they have no idea because no one ever tells them that before. So Mm -hmm. how did you determine that going to India and to the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York was what you wanted to do with your Fund for Teachers Fellowship? Yeah, so great question. When we were planning our fellowship, we sort of planned backwards from our ultimate goal, which we knew was to share best practices for teaching yoga and mindfulness to students. And so we thought, um, you know, we knew we wanted to learn from the people who were already doing that work well. And one of those groups is the Atmandarshan Yoga Ashram, which has been at the forefront of sharing yoga with children for many years. We know how yoga has been adapted here in the West. But Julia and I wanted to find out how these practices originated 
And so we were intrigued by this ashram because it's a school of yoga in Bangalore in South India, where teachers teach yoga to students in their school setting. So we were able to shadow teachers in the community and learn how they were using yoga in their local schools. One of our biggest takeaways was the simplicity of the practices and how they repeated the practices so that the children could master them and really integrate them into their daily life. And this is one of the concepts that we have made a key part of our program here with Youth Yoga Project that we learned during our fellowship. One of the ways that we thought of the Fun for Teachers experience was thinking about kind of in our wildest dreams, we would do X. And we work in schools, of course, and read about education all the time. So the Holistic Life Foundation had, during the time of 2017 when we were writing, we're in the news a lot about their work with Baltimore City Schools. So we decided to write in this opportunity to go to the Omega Institute where they were having a week-long workshop about teaching yoga in an urban setting so that we could learn best practices from them because they successfully partner with Baltimore City Schools and we thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to learn from them. So we sort of gathered like our wildest dreams ideas with our objectives and our big goals and put together the grant. I love that because I think sometimes teachers are such a humble lot by nature and so self-sacrificing that perhaps it wouldn't occur to someone to say, I'm going to go where this practice started in India and and you dreamed big and you ended up getting the learning that you needed and you pursued excellence and best practices on two continents and now you're implementing it in Columbus, Ohio. Correct. Yeah. We're very excited about taking our learning to our community. One of the gifts that the fellowship gave us was the time and space away from our lives to really focus on our own interests and our own education as teachers. We're learning from Julia Handelman and Lauren Greenspan, co-founders and directors of the Youth Yoga Project. They are also 2017 Fund for Teachers Fellows. After learning mindfulness strategies in India and the Rhinebeck Institute, this teacher and school counselor dynamic duo launched a nonprofit that has taught 40,000 Ohio students and 1,700 educators self-regulation skills in the past three years. Tell me a little bit about the Youth Yoga Project. You were a teacher and a school counselor. How did you decide to bust out of a traditional school setting and create this So when we originally came back from our opportunity to learn over the summer, we immediately implemented our goals. And so we did work within the school for a year to give all the kids yoga and mindfulness in the K-8 building we were in. And we also did some parent workshops as well. And so it allowed us to really see the fruits of our labor and like, oh my gosh, it works. And so that um, impact was so inspiring that we reached out to some after-school programs and some longer day schools where we could go after our teaching day and teach yoga to those places. And we piloted the programs and school buildings that we weren't employed by. (laughs) And so we just gave away the programming to a wide variety of folks. And then because of the success that we had, knowing that we collected data by writing our pre and post tests as all 
good educators do. And we had all of this data that showed that it worked, that students' social awareness was going up, that students' self-awareness was going up, that kids were getting more self-regulation tools because of our lessons that we decided to provide access to more students by looking at how to run a non start a nonprofit. We literally Googled, we reached out to nonprofits that are already doing this work and we got advice from them. And then the actual part of starting a nonprofit isn't too hard. It's like paperwork part of it. <laughs> so we did all the paperwork and we decided to make that leap and really just thought that the mission was so key to us that we would take that chance. We would risk, you know, moving out of a traditional setting and into a nonprofit setting. We talked to our students about being risk takers and that you definitely modeled that not only for your students, but I would, I would think for your peers too. What has been the reaction of your colleagues in the school where you were that you've done this? You've kind of followed this initial dream and, and here you are. Yeah, I think that the support of the education community in Central Ohio has been amazing. Teacher friends and colleagues who are cheering us on and coming to our events. And that's so heartwarming to us because they were a nonprofit that was started by teachers for teachers. So to have teachers giving us that feedback that like this program is powerful, it's important and it's working and we're cheering for you to keep growing, it means the world to us. You said after your your day job, with the time that you had left over, then you went out to other schools. I don't know how you had any time at all after, (laughs) because teachers are so busy and their days are so full. So how did you carve out time to do your job at the school with your students and then go out into the community? How did that happen? Part of, of starting something or having a passion project is that you have to know going in that it's going to be a lot of hustle at first, and it truly was. We worked a lot, but we knew it was important and that it was something that had great potential and that students needed these tools and teachers were looking for these kinds of solutions. And so that passion and us knowing that it worked kind of fueled us to have those long days. And Julie and I, apart from being colleagues, are also friends. And so we would try to support each other like, hey, today, if you can only give 40%, I'll give 60% and just really tried to check in on each other so that we didn't get burned out. So having that partner in the work was also really helpful. Julia and Lauren leveraged their experiences as Fund for Teachers Fellows and directors of the Youth Yoga Project to create an online curriculum that any educator can use. Modules will teach how to use the curriculum as well as provide lessons on mindfulness and yoga. The curriculum will be ready for purchase this summer to use for the upcoming school year. Learn more at youthyogaproject.net. I listened to an NPR story on your work, and I kind of chuckled at first because one of the students said, well, I could either go to detention or I could come to the yoga class. And he came to the yoga class, and then you converted him and other students to realize the value of this type of breathing and mindfulness. What do you see as the main benefits when you're working with these students who might come in, if they're older, they might come in more skeptical or even anti the work. And then if they're younger, they just might have more energy. What do you see as the common denominator of this type of work and why administrators and teachers are so open to you coming in and implying it? 
I think, Carrie, that it goes back to really those social emotional learning competencies. Through our program, we help students of all ages to develop a better self-awareness. So being more aware of their thoughts, their emotions, their bodies. And then we give them tools to manage whatever is happening for them. So that self-management piece and through really simple breathing exercises, relaxation strategies, focused attention strategies, students are able to feel really good in their own bodies and in their own heads. And I think that that is something that resonates across age groups, including with the teachers that we work with. If you can experience a deep sense of relaxation and peace within yourself, that's something that feels good to everyone. And so we usually find that once kids experience that, they're kind of like hooked, like, oh, yeah, I liked that. As students' self-management skills are increasing, students' referrals out of the classroom for discipline are decreasing. And that gives us a big picture of how the program is impacting the students in the school. That also has to give you a lot of gratification to see that needle moving Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that for me, like one of the reasons that I believe so much in this work is as an elementary school teacher, I was having some dysregulation myself, that sense of secondary trauma as an educator, or just being dysregulated by things that don't go as planned in the classroom. And knowing that I can regulate myself and help my students to regulate just allows us to have a more joyful, positive experience. And having that lens and helping schools develop that positive environment is really gratifying for us. We know that teachers have a lot of stress, as you mentioned, and are very, very busy. But shifting that understanding that they have tools to manage their own emotions and they can pass it on to their students and then they report to us that they like teaching better is the biggest metric that we can ask for and it's the reason that we're doing this work. What are some of the tools from the Youth Yoga Project that if we have teachers who are listening and they're like, I want that, just three or five things that you can think of that a teacher could do? So first, I would say, like, start your own yoga and mindfulness practice. I think some of the wonderful ways that we can engage with this work anywhere is by using apps like Calm.com or Headspace. Those will give you some really clear relaxation, breathing, and movement strategies. And then if you want to go to youthyogaproject.net, you can also potentially have us come and we can train you and give you a lot of different tools and strategies. But if you're listening to this and you want to try some out, I would say start with belly breath, commonly known as abdominal breathing, breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. And then it helps you to develop a longer inhalation and exhalation and really help you to regulate your emotions better. Also, we develop something called the half sun sequence, which if you're a yoga student, you know about sun salutations, but that idea of moving your body and just stretching, lifting up, and then helping yourself to touch your toes or doing a forward fold, and then coming back up and then back to standing. If you do a few of those movements a couple of times through rhythm and repetition, it will help you to regulate yourself and then you'll feel better. And then we really love Yoga Nidra, which is um, yoga, Y-O-G-A, Nidra, N-I-D-R-A, which translates to yoga sleep. We always say it doesn't mean fall asleep. 
but it does help you to get to that deep relaxed state so that you could potentially have a better night's sleep. And it really just means that you are having a quick body scan. Body scans are really wonderful ways that you can help yourself get relaxed. And then um, it helps you to count your breaths. And so that app in particular, Yoga Nidra Light, and L-I-T-E, Yoga Nidra Light, is something that's free and can help you guide yourself through Yoga Nidra. And those are the things that we really recommend as far as just some tools to start trying out. Can you talk about what a body scan is? Yeah. So a body scan is your ability to visualize the different parts of your body, starting either from the top of your head and going down to your toes and literally just scanning all the different parts. So you would start with imagining your head and then imagining your forehead imagining your ears. You could potentially imagine them lighting up if you want to, and you're intentionally releasing any stress from those areas as you move down your body. What's great about some of the apps with body scans is it will help you by somebody leading you through that intentional relaxation. We were supposed to be at South by Southwest Education today and obviously the coronavirus intervened but the session that you were going to teach on teaching breath there were five types of breathing and would you mind going through those types so we can just know what those are and when we might be able to to use those ourselves or with our students there's different breaths for different things in your day-to-day life and so i think um, another one potentially is alternate nostril breathing So for alternate nostril breathing, this one is great because it brings a sense of calm to your mind and also allows the right side of your brain to better communicate with the left side of your brain. And so it's great for students for a test or before any task that's going to require their sustained attention. You close your right nostril with your right thumb, breathe in through your left nostril, pause, And then you open your right nostril and close your left nostril, breathe out through your right nostril. So you're alternating between breathing in one nostril and breathing out the other. So that would really be for calming, like to to get the right brain and the left brain in sync. Yeah, it also helps with headaches or if you're in a loud room, a lot of our students report after the lunchroom or recess that they do it for a few minutes in the bathroom to get them ready to go back to class. The other one that we would recommend and what we wanted to help educators at South by Southwest participate in is something called buzzing breath. And this is the idea that you're creating a vibration. And if you're with other people who are also doing buzzing breath, it supports multiple people doing the buzzing breath, which would create a larger vibration. And that would naturally calm your nervous system. And the idea is you're breathing in through your nose and then you're constricting your throat and creating like a humming sound or a buzzing sound naturally as you breathe out. And it creates a vibration in your body and also creates, like I said, that sound vibration if we're all doing it together. Another one um, that we teach that we were going to share at the conference is called moving breath. And so we know that changing the way we breathe changes the way we feel. Many of the breathing exercises we've shared so far have a calming impact, whereas this breath, moving breath, has a more energizing impact. So it's great to use at the end of the school day if students are getting tired or first thing in the morning. 
And so what you would do is you would start standing tall in something we call mountain pose, which means your feet are hips distance apart, all your toes are facing forward, you're standing tall and proud with your shoulders relaxed away from your ears. And then you breathe in and lift your arms up to shoulder height with your palms facing down. Breathe out, open your arms to the sides like you're gonna give your friend a big hug. Breathe in, reach your arms overhead like you're riding on a roller coaster. And then as you breathe out, you energetically fold forward and release the breath out through your mouth like this. And then you would repeat that. So it combines breath with movement, which is more energizing. You get lots of fresh oxygen to your brain. So is there anything that I did not ask you that you want to share? We did not get the Fund for Teacher Grant the first time we applied for it. Or this, yeah, I think we, we got it the third time we applied for it. And so I think that idea of perseverance and taking the feedback and really thinking through what our big, biggest impact would be is something that we just want to share with our fellow educators that, you know, if you don't get it the first time, try, try again. <laughs> and ask for feedback and from multiple people. That was integral for us to really hone in until we got to that draft where it was a celebration. We finally got it. So I was looking forward to taking your class, but I was equally looking forward to getting to visit with you. You're such an inspiration, not only from an entrepreneurial standpoint, but just from the humanity standpoint of of taking your expertise as a teacher, then going in and helping your fellow teachers, which 1,700 teachers you've trained, and then helping them know how to manage their stress in order to be even better at their profession. And then with 40,000 students. We couldn't have done this work. Yeah. We always say that. Like we, we couldn't have done this work without our Fund for Teacher grant. And we are always promoting Fund for Teachers um, in our workshops. Like if you want to learn more about this, you can design your own learning. <laughs> yeah, um, I think teachers think it's too good to be true. It's, it's, yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> it's so true. We look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. But you can learn from our 8,500 Fund for Teachers fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org slash blog or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you to Fund for Teachers fellows and Youth Yoga Project founders Julia Handelman and Lauren Greenspan for joining us today. To learn more about their work in the student wellness and social-emotional learning arenas, visit youthyogaproject.org. I'm Carrie Caton. Thank you for joining us today at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.